you all know the stakes. Unprecedented psychological damage, the complete dysfunction of government, including defending Capitol Hill itself, and the spread of conspiracy theories through all levels of media. That is what we're dealing with, and all of the cards are on the table. As we talked about last episode, pathologians are one of, if not the, most dangerous threats to our democracy and to our livelihoods. And all of you are on a journey to hell. That's because the solution, as always, is decentralized. How we're going to navigate this maze, how we're going to do independent research, and how we're going to leverage the system that exists in order to come to a good outcome is all up to you. Hold those ideas in your mind as we enter a foray of the frontier of pathologians, of what we can do in order to develop and overcome these phenomena that are deranging human society, and what we can learn about ourselves in the process. Hi hi, welcome welcome, this is Metapol with me, Cactus. Before we get started though, I'm going to make an appeal to those of you who really care about the show. Please review us on Apple Podcasts if you want more people to listen, and also leave a question if you would like something answered on air. We'll answer all the questions for the 5 star reviews that are left on Apple Podcasts, but even if you're on a different app, I would appreciate it if you added a review there as well. Not only that, but we also want you to help us get more readers for the Substack. There's going to be more information posted in the future that essentially serve as simple English summaries of the core ideas in the episodes. This was initially started as a means to help people share those ideas, to say, here's a link that explains this in the most commonplace way possible. However, there are some core exclusive insights there that will be coming, so make sure to subscribe to the Substack as well. As we talked about last episode, this new arc will be much wider and will cover much more controversial topics even than the previous two. We will have to explicitly delve into the communities and yes, the cultures of various societies to understand how these pathologians work, how the various derangements in countries like the United States came to pass, and this may touch some of your fundamental assumptions about life. However, as I said at the opening of the episode, all of the cards are on the table. So whatever you imagine, whatever you think is the cost of losing one of those fundamental values, compare that to the cost of losing a functional government, of the psychological damage inflicted by these pathologians either over social media, over mass media, or when just talking to your friends and family. Moreover, understand the consequences of exponentials understand how quickly something like a virus or something like a network effect can grow and can overcome various other barriers such as we saw in government, such as we saw in the Wall Street Bets saga, and that we will continue to see around the world. One other quandary that people may have when thinking about these ideas is the ethical dilemma. If we are going to investigate many of these dynamics, it means that all of you will have the possibility to generate different pathologens. In fact, some of that is going to be the goal. 
as I talked about in the climate episode, there's times when pathologens can be used for ideas that are in alignment with reality. While that's not the case right now, at least for the vast majority of them, this is going to be the future, in my opinion, of political change. Is that we will have people who know the stakes, who know the techniques, and who know those fundamental drivers of human behavior to be the ones setting the agenda. To be the ones who are actually aware of these ley lines, of these cultural tendencies, and of these methods of transmission that allow us to, in a decentralized way, build the pathologens required to get everyone's attention towards the issues that actually are affecting all of their lives. With that in mind, those of you who subscribe to the cautionary principle, who think that even experimenting with these ideas, with these psychological flaws, will lead to more problems, is simply delusional. A good friend of mine once told me that you know an idea is good if every criticism of it is a description of the status quo. What is emergent, the conspiracy theories that are naturally coming out of, for example, social media, such as QAnon or such as Russian racial conspiracies, is worse than anything that I think my audience will ever create or influence. There's an idea, particularly in Western culture, that you should be paranoid of any possible damage. In some professions, this is warranted, such as if you're a doctor. However, in something where there's no comparison between the damage and in which the damage will be done whether you want to or not, there should be no hesitation to actually experiment with these things, to learn more about the psychological flaws in your own social media networks, in your own countries, and in your own politics. Of course, this will lead to an escalation of being able to appeal to people in increasingly irrational ways. However, that is merely a description of the status quo, and having people who are conscientious of what they're doing, who know the stakes, and who are willing to invest time and effort into this to do that, that will be much more preferable than the existing corrupt political class having a monopoly on these tools of information distortion. That was fairly abstract, but if you're still hanging on, especially if you're a new listener, let's do a quick recap of what exactly we're trying to do. I'll reiterate the definition of a pathologen. It is an idea that is compulsive and contagious. What that means is two things. One, that it's able to motivate people to take irrational actions that they otherwise wouldn't do. Two, that it can spread from person to person, either through those compelled actions or through some other mechanism such as social media. Examples of these include conspiracy theories, cults, and other types of social pressures. Now, let's look at the methods of transmission. They can spread through corruption and economic incentives. You can have various political motivations for poisoning the information space, for reducing the quality of information that your own voters get, in order to prevent them from either running a successful primary challenge or internal party challenge, or to prevent them from actually getting information from the opposing side and maybe switching over. One example of this that's been very well documented is corporate-funded climate denial. Regardless of how severe you think climate change is, 
it's simply delusional to trust a spokesperson who's being funded by an oil company. A second means to spread is through vocal minorities and the unwillingness to act by larger institutions. Of course here I mean minorities in the ideological sense, people who hold an idea that almost all others reject. Not necessarily people who are part of a demographic group, that doesn't really matter in this scenario. This includes Russian racial conspiracies, which have gained access to major networks such as CNN or MSNBC, as well as to many American newspapers. These are typically extremely powerful in Western democracies because there are these large institutions that have a differing incentive model. If there are a small number of outright delusional people who threaten to take significant action, who threaten to, example, make constant harassment campaigns on Twitter, or even to personally attack many of their higher-ups, to personally attack many of the administration, then that administration faces a decision. Either they can appease the small group of delusional people, people who may be believing in conspiracy theories, or they can kick the ball down the road, ask everyone else to make a small sacrifice to them, but end up giving these conspiracy theorists even more power. Ultimately, if this pathogen is able to then spread through this giving of power, then they will eventually take over an institution. And you can see various examples of this in, for example, the higher education system, for example, in various small countries around the world, including particularly some Middle Eastern countries, and in many corrupt companies, although this has only begun re-emerging in Western countries recently. A third means of transmission is through various psychological flaws and exploitation. This has been highly amped up by the use of social media, as the people who are actually most profitable on social media, the people who are spending the most time, often tend to fall into many of these psychological flaws and make arguments that are not actually based on any sort of functionality. Good examples of this once again are Russian racial conspiracy theories and also QAnon. They fundamentally misattribute their problems, they think that it's due to a vast conspiracy network instead of, for example, random chance. They often have an us versus them mentality. They think that anything that is said against them is by default wrong instead of actually investigating the facts. And they tend to be high in neuroticism or sensitivity to negative emotion. This allows very simple, although obviously false, explanations like these conspiracy theories to gain significant traction by appealing to these fundamental emotional baselines. So, if you're going to think about the most successful pathologens, they're going to tend to be able to spread through all of these methods. In other words, they can accrue economic incentives and power through various compulsions, they can affect institutions and cause small groups of people to act in completely irrational ways, and they can abuse various psychological flaws and false lines of argument. In fact, these are going to be the main vectors of transmission that we're going to be considering for each pathologen that we're going to look at, and in order to construct some new method of widespread attention for good ideas. Of course, this model is always going to have some errors, and there are always going to be exceptions. 
The importance is what trade this gives us. We give away a little bit of accuracy, by ignoring some exceptions, in order to give us some specificity. It gives us specific things that we can do when looking at these three categories. This isn't to say that there aren't any steps that we could use to minimize the error, but we have to consider it relative to what exists. Feel free to make any suggestions, either in those questions, in those reviews, or just as a comment in general. So we've identified the main things that we want to study. That's the first step. However, there are also other steps that we can take in order to help ourselves better understand these various phenomena. One includes exploring social media, exploring those people who are naturally susceptible to pathologens already, exploring those conspiratorial sub-communities, extremist sub-communities, extremely politically calcified sub-communities, etc. that are going to be very high in emotion and not necessarily compiling or building themselves around any consistent set of ideas. Of course, this may be frustrating. However, think of it as a scientific exercise. Think of it as an exercise in order to collect and understand these fundamental flaws. This isn't to say that people in these communities cannot make some good idea just randomly. Even with pathologens, they aren't necessarily going to completely deform a person's thinking in every single category. You could have someone who believes in a conspiracy theory who is still perfectly capable of, for example, running their business or building a bridge. However, what's most important to observe is the effect of these various pathologens and make any insights or notes that you think is are important to either combating them, using systems to quote-unquote disarm them, or to reduce their effectiveness, that can take the place of these conspiracy theories and actually motivate these people to do good things. One easy way to do this that I've found is to map the connections and the jumps between various pathologens and various communities. This means looking at the people who might be quote-unquote super spreaders, who maybe are sharing many different conspiracy theories, who are sharing them across large groups of people and maybe have a significant following. Look at the jumps between these different pathologens. Look at how they interact, look at how the communities either play off each other in motivating their own conspiratorial thinking by pointing at opposing conspiracies' flaws, or in symbiosis, where various conspiracy theories thrive in the same environments. Also look at how this interacts with various social media algorithms. Look at how there may be a distorted effect that people have in the world based on the sampling and based on what is actually recommended to them. These are the keys in actually constructing ideas that will either counteract them or replace them with something that is based in reality. Finally, you've heard me talk about many of the cultural ley lines, or the fundamental appeals that really lay the groundwork for various narratives and for various pathologens. However, I've never really gone into detail into what specific things I mean by this. Of course, in the episode about Les Cités, I talked about how religious influences could possibly interact with various political influences in creating an instability in these cultural ley lines. I talked about how something that the French Republic understands 
better than probably every other democracy is that these cultural ley lines need to be nailed down. Otherwise, politicians will always try to corrupt them, influence them, and use them as tools for informational pollution. That is why they enshrine certain fundamental values as things that can't be changed. I also noted that it doesn't really matter what some of these fundamental values are. There were many points in time where there were stark differences between these values for, for example, South Korea, the United States, France, and the UK, all functioning democracies at those times. Nonetheless, these instabilities are things that we will need to understand and possibly even contribute to in order to route out many of the existing pathologens. The most common example are the historical roots or justifications of a country. For the United States, this includes the Constitution and the American mythology of Manifest Destiny, of Expansionism, and of the American Empire. In many European countries, this includes their unique cultural heritage and often centers around World War I and World War II. This can also revolve around a language, as you see in France, and as you see in many other French-speaking parts of the world, including Quebec in Canada. Essentially, this is the narrative of how a country got to where it is, and wrapped into that are some of the fundamental moral appeals and fundamental frameworks of a country's government and politics. This varies heavily from country to country and from region to region, so I won't go too much into specifics. However, how you observe this is to look at the core ideas relating to why the country exists, how did it develop into what it was, and what people want to turn it into in the future. There can also be a stark difference based on childhood and based on generations. The early age raising of a child is often incredibly influential in the ultimate application of their moral frameworks. This includes the circumstances of their birth, for example, whether they grew up in a period of economic scarcity or decline, as opposed to a period of economic growth and prosperity. It can also wrap around some of those historical events if they are recent. This includes, for example, those who grew up during World War II. There are often differing narratives and emphases based on various generations, and this is once again an esoteric thing that needs to be researched. Third, symbolic experiences, which may tie into those two things that I already mentioned, but may also be something that is separate from them. One example of one that is tied to those two are 9-11, a historical event that influenced the lives of many millennials, as particularly when they were growing up, and Americans at large, leading to a much more authoritarian presence of the American security state, and for a general culture of safetyism and paranoia that contributes to many pathologens of the day. Finally, one that is probably the most highly variant, and also changes the most frequently, is popular culture, including forms of various entertainment, literature, art, etc. These, while often prefer to be treated as non-political, do have an ultimate impact on many different people, particularly when strong emotional or moral appeals are made through these media. The best way to dissect this type of cultural ley line 
is to actually look at the moral appeals that various films, music, or other cultural elements are making, look at the assumptions that they have built in, and look at where various implications lead in the real world. Of course, it is fundamentally irrational to build politics based on any of these things. They have no real signifier for the present situation. The closest to a good heuristic is the economic circumstances of their childhood. However, those obviously change when it's 20, 30, 40 years later. Ultimately, all these cultural ley lines are completely flawed and don't even make an attempt to be a heuristic for reality on the most part. However, they can nonetheless be emotionally compelling. They can nonetheless be powerful in forcing action on a wide scale. That's why it's important to consider their effects and to understand how to leverage them for the construction of a new pathogen or for the halting of existing damaging pathogens. So now the roadmap is established. We will be looking at various pathologens through their characteristics of spread, through economic incentives, through building up of power, through the infection of institutions, and through the abuse of fundamental psychological flaws. With those things in mind, we will explore the various pathologens in their communities, in social media, and in other types of networks. Finally, we'll look at the root of a lot of these influences. We'll look at the cultural ley lines that they expose and that they leverage in order to attack those psychological flaws. This can be done by asking those people of those various aforementioned sub-communities for their cultural ley lines, for their guiding principles, and for how these things were influenced and developed through either childhood, symbolic experiences, historical roots, or popular culture. Now, you might be asking, this seems like an awful lot of work, and maybe I don't care about widespread psychological damage or dysfunctional government. Should I still be interested in this? Of course you should. There's a vast amount of insight that can be gained through the study of pathologens that can be applied in almost every walk of life. It can be used to help gain more customers for a business. It can be used to, obviously, affect political outcomes and campaign. They can even be used to wield localized social power, including more influence over various friend groups, etc. All of these applications can also actually feed in to giving more information about these pathologens and about these means of spread. So I'm asking all of you to just do a little bit of casual scientific investigation. There's a lot to be gotten out of it, and I'd be glad to share any notable findings if you send them to the channel, either through those reviews or by emailing metapoliticspodcast at gmail.com. My plug at the end is going to be brief since you already have a lot to do, but it can be entertaining and enjoyable to understand more about the world. It can be thrilling to understand something that has so much significant impact, and it can be relieving to understand many of the phenomena that drive irrationality when you're interacting with it. So go out, find small nuggets of this information, and also share it. Share those tools that I talked about earlier, and if you're so inclined, share the podcast. And as always, Thank you so much for listening.